Welcome to Common Ground Berlin, where we delve into hot-button topics in the German capital and beyond. I'm your host, Soraya Sarhadi Nelson. Berlin held a makeup election a couple of months ago after its top court decided there were serious discrepancies in the 2021 general election and voided the earlier result. For many Berliners, the do-over election, which was the first in the history of the German Federal Republic, hammered home fears that their city is in crisis mode. So did the repeat vote repair their broken trust? And what can we expect from the new coalition government in Berlin, which is rather different from the last one? Joining us in the studio to answer these questions and more are Alfonso Pantisano of the Social Democrats Berlin State Association, or Landesverband, and political scientist Viola Neu of the Konrad Adenauer Stiftung, a foundation associated with, but independent of, the Christian Democratic Union. Welcome. Welcome. Hi. We had some breaking news on our topic the day before this taping. The leadership of the Social Democrats and Christian Democrats announced they have a coalition vertrag, or contract, which is a giant leap forward in this red-black coalition taking power. The agreement won't be voted on by the parties until late in April, but Berliners are expected to get their first CDU mayor in more than two decades. His name is Kai Wegner. A coalition agreement for all Berliners, no longer against each other, but in cooperation, for old and young, for those downtown and in the outskirts. Alfonso, do you think this partnership is going to be as harmonious and result-oriented as the Christian Democratic mayor-in-waiting says? And how do you think it's going to change Berlin, this coalition? Well, you see, if you take the German word of Vertrag, it comes from the verb vertragen, and vertragen is getting along. So you sign a contract in order to establish rules how to get along for a certain amount of time or for a certain project. So obviously, when you decide to sit down and negotiate, you go with this fundamental trust that in some way or another, whatever you bring to the paper is meant to be you know, focusing on a moment where you get along with one another. So I think that this coalition has a potential. I am hopeful that we will try to really get the best out of it for the interest of all Berliners. But do you think they're going to get more things done than the last government? When you have only two people negotiating, it is always easier than negotiating with three. I guess that that's an easy thing to do. You know that also when you go out with your friends, when you have to decide which restaurants you want to go, it's easier to decide if you are two than then you have three. And I think that this has the potential really to get the city where it wants to go to. I am not quite 100% sure if we will get to resolve all the big issues in the three years that are ahead of us, but it's a good start. And I'm quite confident that what we have brought to the paper will lead us to a better future. You wanted to add something? This coalition is kind of doomed to be successful because, well, when they came to power, um, the situation, the city was just depressed. And so if the people again become dissatisfied, it would not be the basis for the next government. So they have to show quickly results and be successful in what they are going to promise. Viola, the color-coded maps after the February election result captured the shift rather dramatically with most Berlin neighborhoods turning from red, which of course is the color associated with the SPD, to black, which is the color associated with the CDU. What happened? I mean, it wasn't even 18 months since the general election. 
the coalition of the three uh, parties, uh, the left, the Greens, and the governing master of the SPD was just struggling for issues and they didn't find solutions. And when we had the first election, people were dissatisfied with what's happening in the city. And after one and a half year, the situation became more and more worse. Well, what was what in particular? I mean, were we talking about housing, traffic? What was the issue that we yes. really got voters <clears throat> galvanized? Yes, yes, yes. It's, it's a housing problem that isn't solved already. And we have different ideas of to solve the traffic situation. Uh, if it's more or less cars, is it more or less uh, bicycles? And all these questions are more parking lots or something. And you see there are different interests in the city, one in the inner circle and other interests on the outer circle, where the people are much more dependent on the private cars. And these different interests just clashed kind of together. Something like a split city, where we have some interest in the inner circle of the city, uh, which are much more green. And we have some other interests on the outer suburbs of the city, where the uh, dominant interests are much more like, yes, it depends on the traffic and transportation situation, which are very important for the people. And also the housing situation is still dramatic. Alfonso, you wanted to add something? I'm not a studied person on politics. I go by the feeling. I go by the people. I go by living and walking through the city and uh, having a lot of connections with all parts of the city. I would say that, first of all, Berlin is an amazing metropole. It's one of the buzzing cities in the world. And I think that always attracts also problems because you have to deal with the housing situation. You have to deal with the massive traffic. You have to deal with all the infrastructure that is needed. This city has been grown since the unification of the two Germanys. And on top of all of it, it also has this administrative problematic. It's where we are, in a way, we are one state, and at the same time, we are also a city. And bringing all these systems together in order to take decisions to improve things in the city, it's quite a bit of a challenge. And this is something that a lot of the old governments have tried really to improve and they have failed. And also this new government that is set to start has also on the agenda the improvement of this particular system. So what I want to say is, yes, the city has huge problems. The city has a lot of issues that need to be solved. And I would say it is important to highlight that I don't see that the rest of the city is black and the other part is red. I would say at the moment we have a situation where we have in the center of the city a lot of younger crowd, international crowd, more into the future looking crowd. And then on the outside of the city, we have the people that are struggling with housing, they are struggling with money, they are struggling with uh, transportation, they are struggling with fees. They are really having huge, huge problems. And these problems have not been really met yet by the politics of the last couple of years. And I think that that is what is happening at the moment. So there is a lot that can be done. I wouldn't say that it is a red and black city. I would say that the city at the moment wants change and the shifts of the colors will be decided over the next three years. Viola, what else did your study of the election results show that was surprising or that you think are important to note? Well, the first thing compared with other German states uh, is the special mood. Well, honestly, I've never seen such a bad mood just... Uh, be the frame uh, of an election. And 
what has to be changed is that the people gain trust again in political decisions, in the front runners of the parties, in the politicians. So we have a lot of distrust if you just compare to other German states. And the situation has to change because it's not good for the political situation if you have a population who doesn't have trust in anything. Not in the institutions, not in the administration, not in politicians, not in parties. And we have to do the first steps and the people have to feel and see it. For example, the administration is working in a much more better way. Everything is working just a little bit more like it's doing in the other states. And that's a challenge. It's a huge challenge. But the first steps have to be done well rapidly. They don't have so much time. They don't have three years of time before they're starting the next campaign. They have to do it right now with the first steps and the people have to feel and see it. Alfonso, do you agree or do you have something to add? Well, in a way, Viola is right. But then on the other hand, if we look at the situation, what has really brought the Christian Democratic Party to the rise at the last meters to the election was the New Year's Eve celebration in the city, where everything got out of hand, where um, in some parts of the cities we have had a lot of clashes with the police. um, With the fire department. With the fire department too. And that has caused some distress in the city, with, I think, with every decent person that lives in this city. You don't have to look at your party membership book to say, I was appalled by what has happened. But in a way... And I have to say it, Viola, you cannot, as a party, set fire to the building and then scream, oh, it's burning, it's burning. No, the CDU did what they could do best at that time, use the situation for the populistic agenda and say that people with a migration background, people like me who were born in this country, I'm 48 years old now and I am living here almost all my life, and to ask for the first names of younger people and where we come from, always not making us really be part of the city. I think this is something that has brought up also the distress that Viola was talking about and the mistrust. Suddenly, everyone that looks like me with a black beard and black hair and doesn't look pure German was suddenly a rioter of the um, New Year's Eve celebrations. And that is something that I find appalling. This is something that has distressed all our community. We live here. We are part of this city. This city would not be the city it is without us. And this city would lose all its attraction if we would not be here and we would not be part of this colorful agenda that this city has. So it was also because the CDU caused this feeling in the city. We have to be honest about it. Well, um, undoubtedly, I think we can see this around the world. Being in the opposition is much easier than actually having to get something done. Viola, how long do you think this government has to make a difference? In other words, do they have to make some really tangible results before the next election? Or do you expect then that maybe the demographics will turn on this government the way they turned on the last one? Yes, they don't have any time. Well, honestly, it's um, five past 12 right now. It doesn't matter what you're looking at, because in every corner, everybody can see problems. And it's such a long list, and they have to have um, remarkable results in a very short time. And I, I'm not sure if it's a one year or two years, because the disappointment is so big. Well, talking about this debate about the riots and the New Year's Eve, yes, okay. 
we can we can talk about political communication and the names, but people got the feeling that perhaps it's not the truth if something is not published. And afterwards, we have seen that some of the rioters um, had a special migration background. So if a man kills a woman, that doesn't mean that every man kills a woman. But it has to be said that it's been a man who's killed a woman. So it's we have to talk in honest, precise... Yes, Viola, but if a man kills a woman, a man kills a woman, it doesn't mean that every man is a killer. If a Turkish person kills someone... It's one Turkish person that has killed someone. It's not the whole of Turkey that is a killer. This is something that we need to address. You said it's about political communication. Yes, but that was not political communication to me. That was discriminatory language. This was something that hurt feelings of people living here all their lives, paying taxes, working, making their children grow and live here feeling comfortable being buried here in this country, like my parents who have lived in this country for over 60 years. This is something very meaningful. And when you just spit on it by suddenly setting fire to the building, this city deserves better. Well, in fairness, the SPD, I, I heard SPD politicians, in fact, it was an SPD comment, and I can't remember now who made it, but it was about, we, we just need to integrate them better. And I got really angry because I've lived here for 10 years in Berlin, And every New Year's Eve, the Berliners who were German, you know, whatever that means, were doing this as well. It wasn't just foreigners who came and weren't integrating. And yet it was, it seems like that sort of racist undertone, if not an overtone or, you know, direct statement, is something that's offensive in a city like Berlin that is so international. But it seems like both sides, you know, are doing that or have done that. It's a question of values. So, um It's not a question of racism of, or discrimination. So the question is, is the city able to establish security, order and control? So are the people who are living here safe? That's a question. And well, it doesn't matter if you're coming from a migration background from Turkey, Greek or somewhere. The interesting thing where everybody agrees they want to live in a city that's safe. It's a kind of harassment when you're going out and you're saying that you're coming from Berlin. Everybody is looking like, oh, I'm so sorry for you. Yeah. And that, that's a feeling nobody wants to have. It's interesting so, because when I say to people that I come from Berlin, everyone is quite jealous that I live in this amazing city metropole like Berlin where everyone wants to live. Everyone that I meet that is a tourist here says, oh, I would love to to live here. A tourist uh, says that, but I don't know. I mean, my mother's German and my relatives have a lot of jokes at my expense. They live in, in uh, Niedersachsen in, in Lower Saxony and they're always joking about Berlin not being in Germany, which is pretty, uh, but pretty it is. sad, and actually. It is the Consider, capital it's of the Germany, capital Germany. And, <laughs> and we should be very proud of it. But to, if I take what Viola was just saying, I think that, yes, there are problems. You need to address them. But there is a way, a certain way of doing it. Me, I'm the son of migrants and I've spent my New Year's Eve at home taking care of my dog and taking care of my life and looking at the prosperous life that I have ahead of me and looking back at the year that has passed. Um, looking at my brothers, they've done the same. So we have not been on the city rioting and it's not these riots are not something that is a particular Berlin problem. It's something it's that it's, 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 it's <laughs> everywhere. It might be worse because the city is bigger than maybe in Duisburg. Yeah? But then at the same time, the problems are there. And I can understand the frustration. I don't understand the riots, but I understand the frustration. We have 50,000 people in this city who do not have 
a outlook on how to live their lives because their status as migrants has not been cleared yet. They can't work. They don't know what to do with their time. They are not really accepted. They get discriminated all the time. It's a problem. You feel worthless. You feel like you don't belong to this society. And then suddenly the anger starts to come up. And this anger needs to be addressed somehow, either by setting up situations where these people can have a life that it's worth living, or we need to add more police or try to find other solutions that might be out there in order to make the city safe. But I think the anger will only go away when you really integrate these people. And that's why I would disagree with these social democratic politicians, whoever you heard speaking, when they say that we need to integrate them better. Yes, we need to add more chairs to the table. If this chair is not there, there will be no integration. And that's, I think, the fundamental issue why we are still talking about are we integrated, are we not integrated. I would not be sitting here today on this table talking to you with my biography if I would not have had people, teachers, who have added the chair to the table. And this is something fundamental, I think, for, for the future of the city. Okay, well, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we'll talk more about whether this government is capable of integration, this government that we're expecting to take over uh, in the coming weeks. And also, which of the parties, the Social Democrats and the Christian Democrats, are taking what portfolios and what that means for addressing Berlin's worst problems, some of which we've discussed already. So stay tuned. Hello, this is Abby, presenter and co-creator of Berlin Briefing. Do you find yourself having trouble understanding the news of the Hauptstadt, usually presented in German? If so, Berlin Briefing can help. We curate local top stories and present them in an 8-10 minute podcast in English every Monday through Friday. You can find us at berlinbriefing.de or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Rachel Tausendfreund, one of the hosts of the German Marshall Fund's podcast, Out of Order. Join our conversations with leaders and experts on what the dark side of tech does to democracy, how the pandemic shapes geopolitics, and other topics of global order and disorder. You can find our episodes and miniseries at gmfus.org or wherever you find your podcasts. We are the German Marshall Fund of the United States, strengthening transatlantic cooperation since 1972. Welcome back to Common Ground Berlin, where we are talking about Berlin's new government, which will take over later this month. I'm Soraya Sarhadi Nelson, and I'm joined in the studio by Viola Noy of the Konrad Adenauer Foundation and Alfonso Pantisano of the SPD State Association for Berlin. Before the break, we talked about how the Black-Red Coalition came to be and also some of the problems which it's facing. Now I'd like to talk more about this coalition, which swings Berlin over to the political center right 
and whether it's going to have any impact on the key issues here that got it into power in the first place. Alfonso, mobility seems to have been a key factor to many voters in Berlin's election, at least for those who drive. What do you think the CDU having the transportation portfolio is going to do to mobility in Berlin? Are we talking about more cars, more traffic, more parking, fewer bike lanes, you know, or are we going to actually see modernization, which is very slow in coming to the transit system and everything here? Well, if the uh, CDU is uh, a smart partner, then they will be really sitting down also uh, with the SPD and talking about the ideas that we have on the table. The city needs more underground connections. In the outskirts of the city, it's quite hard to reach them because you don't have an underground system, you don't have a transportation system that brings you regularly forth and back. So it's quite problematic if you live in the outskirts of the city. On the other hand, we need to face the issue that a lot of people here in the city go by bike. We need to find a way to make uh, riding a bike a safe situation. But we also need to acknowledge that we have people that use their cars and need their cars either for work or because that's the only way that they can get from A to B. And we need to find a way of solution also for these people, maybe offering them a better solution. I believe that the 29 euro ticket for the public transportation system is a very good start that can bring people more away from their cars and more into the public transport system. But we also need the connections. So there is a lot that the CDU can do. And I'm very much looking forward to what we can really then use from this 135 page strong coalition agreement. So the ideas are on the table and it depends now what we are going to do out of it. And the CDU has to deliver. Viola, the 29 euro ticket, that didn't seem to change voters' minds. Do people want more public transportation or did this this vote, was this more about expanding the A100, which the majority now want this? I mean, where do pe- Berliners stand, at least the ones who went to the ballot box, on transportation? Well, honestly, people want everything. They want to go by bikes. They want to go the public uh, traffic system and they want to have their private car. It depends on the situation. The system has to be able and flexible for all the different parts, even going by a cab or a taxi. The 29 euro ticket, is, I think it's not this important point. But what I see now in this coalition is that, well, they're not struggling like the former coalition because uh, the interests of the Greens were very strong and they were fighting together, didn't find any compromises. For example, here in Berlin, there's one street where it just stopped cars to go through and it's one of the important connections from north to south. And Well, it doesn't help because people have to go another street and it doesn't help fight such a traffic problem. And I think the new solutions will be much more unideological, more practical. And I think that's the way the Christian Democrats and the Social Democrats can cooperate in finding solutions that helps people. And so I think they find solutions. But well, yes, it's, it's good to have more public system, but it takes a long time. So it's it's not that easy if you say, yes, we're starting right now, even if it's a 100 or something like that. It takes perhaps decades till it is finished. So if you're just talking about we have to repair us as a U2, it could be years. And so while the other a connection between the eastern and the western part uh, of the city is well kind of interrupted, and that's not a good situation. And even if repairing takes years, it's a situation where people change from public to private. 
And that's a problem because if it works, it's good, but it's not working right now. And it gives the city so, so the image of uh, uh, collapsed. And that, that doesn't help anybody. Alfonso, you wanted to add something? Well, yeah, I think that these, I'm just thinking about the coalition and what the coalition has promised now with this paper that they have presented the other day, what they can bring now to the table. And I think it's it's quite powerful, I would say. It's 135 pages strong. It has uh, this clear dedication to tackle this uh, climate crisis with a 1 billion euro program. Uh, then there is this administrative reform that I was talking about, which has been long awaited, that can clear the responsibilities between the districts and the state. It um, also highlights the better equipment for the police and the security entities here in the city, which is very important because they have been underfunded for quite a long time. Then we need much more speed in constructing housing because the housing problem is a huge problem. Well, hold, problem. The, hold the housing thought because I'm actually going to ask a question about that yeah. in, a, in a minute. Off you go. As we know the SPD will continue to oversee housing. It has the housing portfolio, and it's probably going to be Francisca Giffey, the current mayor, who we will is see. in charge yeah, of that. We don't right. know yet. Um, and this is what she had to say during the coalition contract news conference. We are nearing 4 million people in Berlin, and it is quite clear that with the vacancy rate below 1%, we need new construction. That's why we want to speed up the housing construction process and tackle the crisis together. That translates to roughly half a million more housing units under the coalition agreement. But is that realistic, Viola, given the fact that the SPD has failed to adequately address affordable and available housing in Berlin for years, or at least so say the voters? Never mind the end of oil and gas heating that the EU is mandating, and that will require billions of euros in retrofits of homes and businesses and the like. But is this, I mean, is this something the SPD can fix? Perhaps. I'm not sure about it. Yes, it's a huge problem. That's right. Uh, but but if they could fix uh, the administration processes, if they could uh, speed them, if they are able to well, make things much more easier, perhaps after three years we will see that something has begun. Perhaps some, some flats are really ready. It's possible. But uh, the problem is it takes years and years just to start to build a new house. And that's a problem. There's a will, there's a money. There's a place, there are the ideas, but the administrative processes are just taking too long. And just, I'm, I'm not sure if the community knows it because we have two uh, uh, systems on the system. We have the House of Representatives and we have the administrative uh, level of the districts. And they're not working together without problems to say it in a very, very comfortable way, because uh, a lot of frictions, a lot of problems, because there are different interests, we have different majorities in the different uh, districts, and that doesn't make it easy to plan and to build, because everybody has other well, expectation on how things should come out. If these two political levels start to work much more together, it will help. It really helps that everyone in the political system has seen that this has been something like a big bang because people were so dissatisfied. If you're working again like you've done it and it doesn't matter who's been in, in, in government uh, the last 10, 20, 30 years and when you don't see any progress in the city, the next election would be a disaster for the populistic parties. 
perhaps a good situation, but not for the Democratic Party. So they have to do it. Alfonso, I interrupted you when you were about to talk about housing. I'm wondering if you have anything to add or if you have anything to say about what Viola had to say. Well, the housing situation is a very difficult one. You have, as Viola was highlighting, the uh, unclear responsibilities between the state and the district. You have this long bureaucratic ways until you can even start building. Then you have the war and you have the materials that don't reach into the city so that you can start practically really building buildings. Everything got much more expensive on the one hand. And then you are mentioning now the new legislation that is coming where uh, we have to exchange the gas heatings. And you were highlighting that it will cost a lot of money. Yes, but it comes to the cost of saving the planet and saving the climate. So in a way, the costs that the climate uh, disaster will cause are possibly reduced by the investment that now the government has to implement into these heating systems that need to be exchanged. Just as, you know, there are always two perspectives. In the one side, you see, oh, the costs are very high. But then again, what is the outcome at the other end than when the whole situation is looked as a big picture? But is that how the Um, Berlin voter thinks, though? Do they think long term or do they also say, hey, I'm being forced out of my house because I can't afford to exchange the heating system? But then the state needs to help and the state needs to support. If we let only the people believe what they believe, then, you know, we're not going to go anywhere. We need to tell them how the bigger picture can look like. And we have to invite our citizens to look at a bigger picture, to widen their perspective. Because yes, the cost of exchanging, for example, now this is just one of the many examples, to exchanging the heating systems, of course it comes to a high cost. But how small is this particular cost related to the cost that we are going to face at some point when the climate crisis really, really hits us? Yes, we're coming from a very bad political situation where we have not had opportunities to really push things forward. I have faith and I have hope that this coalition will bring things forward. And that's the important thing. We need to tackle crime in the city, which is a huge issue. It's an issue where Everyone, no matter where you come from, no matter who you love, no matter how old you are, no matter what sexuality you have, you suffer under the crime in the city. So it needs to be tackled. And I think that we have a lot of opportunities. And being a queer LGBT gay man, I would say this paper has a very strong uh, opportunity now to push things forward also for those that are not heterosexual, for those that live a different life as many others possibly. And it's a city of freedom. It's a city of liberties. And I think that this contract can support and help us. So is the crime that Alfonso is talking about, Viola, is that real? I mean, as an American, I always find it interesting, I guess is the best way to put it, that people feel there's so much crime in Berlin because I frankly come from a country where there are mass shootings every day. Um, I have been one of the fortunate ones. I've never had my phone lifted or I feel very comfortable walking around at all hours of the day and night in most parts of the city. This feeling of criminality, does that really reflect the reality statistics wise? I mean, is Berlin an unsafe city that needs that sort of surveillance and adding to pre-detention trials and and some of the other items that are in this uh, portfolio the CDO has put forward so far. I mean, is that necessary to combat crime here? Of course not. It's a safe city and 
nearly everything is safe in Germany, so you can yes, you can walk in the woods at night, of course. But that's not the point. People, especially women, are feeling uncomfortable uh, when it's getting dark. So it's not a real situation, but it's a feeling. And it's not so statistic, even if you have the best statistic and saying, well, the crime rate just decreed about 10 points down or something, it doesn't impress the people because they're feeling uncomfortable and unsafe. And then they're avoiding perhaps a special quarter, special street, shops, going not out. And well, honestly, there's... I'm not sure about it, but I think the last three years where we have to stay at home in the pandemic situation just changed the views on things that are happening outside of your house or your flat. And yes, people want to have the feeling of being safe. Um, well, one of the concepts, what I think which is very, very important, just to give light while in the night into the dark spots when you're standing waiting for the tube or if you're walking around anywhere. And this could help. And even if there are, you could see police, it gives you a feeling of security, even if they're just walking around. So you see somebody is there who just could help me if something would happen. So we have to change the feeling, not only the statistics. That's very, very important for it. Alfonso is... I have to come back to my <laughs> picture of the burning house. If you put fire to the house and then you stand outside and say, oh, it's burning, 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 of course people are getting afraid of the fire because, yes, there is... The problems that Viola is highlighting are there. And the perception, she's absolutely right. The perception of the people is a feeling of insecurity. But when there is something happening, and I take again the example of, I don't know, a person with migration background that has committed a crime and you suddenly make it not about that one particular person, but about the nation where this person is coming from, and you make it about a huge group of people, suddenly the insecurity rises immediately, immediately. And then to say, oh, wow, the Berliners are all feeling unsafe here. Guess what? I've been telling them to feel unsafe all the time. And I think that that's also a problem. We have crime. I'm not playing it down. We have crime in the city. Surely not as much as you might perceive in a city as Chicago, New York, or whatever big, huge cities that uh, are in the U.S., But we have a huge crime rate here as well. And it starts in a small way. Pickpockets, you uh, um, you have uh, bicycles that get stolen by the minute. Um, this morning I left the house. I was going to get the train and I saw again one train that has been cut it down through the night. I guess there was a bike and the bike wasn't there anymore. The chain was only left alone on the, on the floor. So this is something that causes the feeling of insecurity, as Viola was mentioning. But... When you keep telling the people that everyone that runs around that looks like me is a predator, is a criminal, and is a problem to the city, you don't make the city safer, you don't make people feel more secure, you don't contribute to be a city of all nations, but you make it a city of fear. And I think there we need to slow down, we need to calm down, and we need to get back to reality This city is a great city that has space for people from all over the world. And I think that that's something that we need to push and highlight because everything else will not help us solving the problems. Um, I have one final question, and actually it talks about the outgoing mayor, not the incoming mayor. And, and that, of course, is Francisca Giffey. How do each of you view her political future? I mean, she more or less got booted from the federal level 
uh, because of the plagiarism on her doctoral thesis. You know, she took her doctor title back and didn't use it, but then left. And then she became mayor at a time when the SPD performs dismally in this last election. I mean, does this indicate a downward trajectory? Is she finished, you think, on the German political scene? Oh, well, that's unpredictable. Um, everything could happen because I think she's done a very reliable job right now. She is just uh, trying to work in another position for the city. And yes, now she has three years left to have a new reputation, new image, to establish perhaps new uh, characteristics. So um, people tend to forget So what's happened in the past? So I think the old stories will not emerge when she is perhaps coming back in another position. So yes, um, I could see another chance. Reinventing herself. Um, kind do of. You <laughs> <laughs> do you see that, Alfonso? I mean, was this election a referendum on her mayorship or was this, uh, is she going to be able to survive? Not this? at all, because I think that Francisca Giffey did in this one year of her reign here in Berlin, she did a fantastic job. And it was a short time she, where she couldn't really... If we are saying three years are not enough to change something, how can we judge on her being here only for one year? But having said that, the question was, where do I see Francisca Giffa? I think that Francisca Giffa is one of the most promising political figures in this country. I think that those who believe that this is the end of Francisca Giffey's career don't know how a professional and successful career path can look like. I think we will hear a lot from her, either here in Berlin or anywhere else, but I think Francisca Giffey has a long way to go. That's all the time we have today. My guests are Alfonso Pontesano of the Social Democrats Berlin State Association, or Landesverband, and political scientist Viola Neu of the Konrad Adenauer Foundation. Thank you for being on Common Ground Berlin. Thank you for having us. Thank you. And thank you for listening to our podcast. Our senior producer is Dina El-Sayed. Our social media editor is Stefano Montali. And I'm Soraya Sarhadi Nelson. Common Ground Berlin is funded by a grant administered by the German Ministry for Economic Affairs and Climate Action. And our partner is the German Marshall Fund of the United States. All of our episodes are available wherever you get your podcasts. And you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at CG Berlin Podcasts. We'd love for you to write us a review if you are on Apple or subscribe to and rate our podcast on Spotify. You can also check out past episodes on our website, commongroundberlin.com. <laughs>